everybody this is bubba's bodyguard podcast available on all major podcast platforms today i'm honored to have carmelita jetter um carmelita how you doing today i'm good i'm good i can't complain i woke up this morning right absolutely that's that's a blessing absolutely and um carmelita can you just touch on um you know about where you're from and, and and up and your upbringing and how you eventually got uh you know started with uh you know track and field and became an athlete um, I'm from Los Angeles, California, and I grew up playing basketball. Track and field wasn't even what I wanted to do. Um, my basketball coach, you know, asked me my freshman year to go out for the team just to stay in shape. And that's truly how I ended up running track on a just to stay in shape thing. It wasn't even that I wanted to actually put, run. You know, I didn't want to play the sport like that. Um, I thought of myself as a baller. So I thought of myself as being the next. Cheryl Swoops are the next Don Staley. I definitely didn't think of myself as being a, a track and field athlete. Um, so that's how I got started. I enjoyed running track and I stuck with it and ended up getting a scholarship to college to run track. Absolutely. And, um, well, you know, t- talk about when, when you get to college, um, where did you attend school and, and what was that experience like for you? Um, I went to a Division II school in Carson, mm-hmm. California, so I, I stayed close to home. And the experience was life-changing. You know, I can definitely say that. Um, I learned some great life lessons in college. I had some, a lot of fun. <laughs> right. And, um, I have a lot of memories, you know. Um, you got to have memories um, when you're growing up through life, good and bad. You know, that's how they you know, set up your, your character and your, your moral character and just your experiences. So college was a lot of fun. Absolutely. And uh, you, you touched on such a, a, an important topic there, coach, uh, that, you know, your, your character and, and your morals and, and your ethics, your attributes, talk how important that is. You know, uh, everybody thinks athletes every day, uh, they just have to be, uh, you know, big, fast and strong, but touch on the importance of, of that and discipline and, and the things that you can control from within. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes people think that, you know, athletes aren't regular people when they are. <laughs> and um, even athletes have to have their own moral compass and their own moral code um, to stay true to themselves in whatever sport that they're in. Um, it's, it's, it's very important because if, you, if your morals aren't together, you'll find yourself doing things like some athletes have done where they've been getting popped for steroids, you know, mm-hmm. and, and doing things that um, – only tainted their name and and always kept them in the the limelight in a bad way. So um, you know, moral compass is definitely definitely important um, to keep you grounded and focused. Absolutely, and uh, you know, you you have such an extensive uh, resume and, and so many high accolades. Um, you know, talk about when you first get into uh, your your first Olympic experience and, and what did that mean to you and. Just describe uh, like a, a point of view, like what was going on. Um, my first Olympics was in 2012. The 2018, I, w- I did not make that team. 2012, I made my first team, and it was stressful. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It was mm-hmm. extremely stressful. It's the highest accolades for an athlete, you know, to be an Olympian. So the, the pressure is on. Um, I was definitely stressed out. Um, <laughs> definitely had a lot of pressure because it's no longer about you anymore. You're out there representing a whole country. <laughs> so um, the the pressure definitely, you know, jumps on you a little bit. But, um, you know, that's where the training and the having an amazing team around you, the support system, that's, that's what helps you get 
through that um, moment. Um, you know, being at the Olympics was very life changing. You know, it's an experience. Um, I always tell people it's really hard for me to describe it. It's that mm -hmm. it's that experience like you have to be there. You have to be, um, you know, watching it with your own eyes. The feeling is is un is 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 you even duplicated. Um, I, I'd like to tell people that, some, you know, maybe having a baby or if somebody passed their first, their um, test to become a doctor, maybe mm -hmm. it's like that type of feeling. I try to put it into where I, I always tell people, you know, going to the Olympics was the highest goal for me. So whatever mm -hmm. has been goal for them, just imagine that, like, you know, that's how I felt. Absolutely. And, um, you know, for anyone out there who would come across this podcast, uh, any young youth, whether it be a young man, a young lady, and they have hopes and aspirations and ambitions one day of uh, being a whether it be a gold medalist or, or uh, being in the Olympics, just describe uh, how how insanely hard you have to work to get there. You have to be selfish. You know, you have to be selfish. You have to sacrifice. You have to be willing to train over and beyond. Um, you have to be willing to leave it on the court, on the track, on the field, whatever sport that you play, you have to turn it into your life. Um, that's, that's how you get to the Olympics. Um, the late Kobe Bryant would always say he was the first person in the gym shooting and he was the last person in the gym shooting. And, you know, that's just a testament to let you know in order to be great, you have to be willing to do more than what the next person is willing to do. Absolutely. And, um, you know, throughout your historic uh, career, uh, you know, and, and really across your legacy, you've had so many high uh, honors. If you could say one stuck out the most, though, what was your proudest moment? Oh, my proudest moment in track and field um, will definitely be when I received the Jesse Owens Award. Um, the mm -hmm. Jesse Owens Award is one of the highest um, awards you can receive in track and field. And that meant a lot to be even put in the same conversation with him. You won the Jesse Owens Award, and, and what did that mean to you? And just describe a little bit about that award. Um, the Jesse Owens Award was one of is one of the highest accomplishments that you can receive in track and field. So, mm -hmm. you know, to be acknowledged next to Jesse Owens, you know, this was a pioneer for track and field, a yes. legend. Um, he definitely paved the way for athletes to be able to do what we do. So um, that was definitely the cherry on the top for me um, to to receive that to know that people thought of me as a as a um, a legend you know was 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 very exciting was very humbling as well absolutely and, and you just touched on the key word there um, you know humbling and, and you know, t touch on that, that in life, you know, we're going to get successes if we work hard enough and we sacrifice and we have a strong faith. But touch on the importance, uh, and, and I can testify to this since, you know, we've been in contact. I, I can uh, testify to how humble you are. Touch on the importance of just remaining humble, even even in life when, you can, uh, when you're at the top of the mountain or you've had a high level of success. Well, you know, it's, it's a learning process, to mm -hmm. be honest, because I wasn't always humble. You know, right. I'll, be, I'll be the first person to say that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I had my, my, my share of being cocky and arrogant and over the top. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, once you, as you grow and you learn and you have experiences, then you look at things differently, you talk different, you think different. So um, I grew into being a more humble athlete, but I wasn't always humble. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, I guess, you know, when you have like a setback or you get hurt or you don't 
you know, really do what, you know, you thought that you were going to do in a certain race, that also humbles you, but in a different way, you mm-hmm. know, a humbling of, of a disappointment of, of um, you know, not getting it done in front of people, you know, that's a whole different type of humbling. And so sometimes you have to be humble in order to be a humbling person. So um, um, I'm, I don't know if there's a, a way to, to tell somebody, you know, to stay humble, you know, mm-hmm. because you're going to you're going to do that as you grow um, right into yourself. So um, that's just going to come from lessons, from failing, from disappointments. And then you'll eventually become more humble. Absolutely. And uh, we're, we're going to go off topic here for just a moment. Um, re- recently, I was named an ambassador for Bodyguards Against Bullying. Uh, if you had a message to, to put across to, to use your voice, what is your message against bullying? Oh, gosh. You know, um, my girls actually just uh, did um, something with the, the run after school mm-hmm. program. And one of the topics was bullying. Right. Not being a bully. And, um, you know, my... In my mindset, I feel like bullies are are people that probably get bullied at home, mm-hmm. you know, um, so they want to take it out on someone else. And, um, you know, the number one thing I like to say is if you see someone that's bullying someone else, then if you're strong enough, be that person's strength, you know, help that person um, to, to not get bullied, help the person that's being the bully to understand that it's not cool. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like bullies really just want friends. You know, they really mm-hmm. just want attention. They just really want people to to talk to them and, and be their friends. So sometimes you have to flip the script on the and and change it around. Um, and for the people that on the outside looking in, you know, just because they're not bullying you, why don't you step up and help them? You know, why don't you be their strength until they're able to be strong enough for themselves? Absolutely. And, and we'll, uh, you know, you touched on uh, so many great components there, and I really appreciate, uh, you know, your message uh, on bullying. Uh, we'll, we'll get back into here uh, now to, uh, you know, uh, after you, you know, you were an athlete with track and field, you, you decide to make the decision to get into coaching and uh, you're over at Missouri State as a coach uh, for the Bears. Just talk about that experience and, and um, what in your mind said, hey, you know what, this is the right place for me and, and this is the right decision. Um, you know, coming to Missouri State was mm-hmm. was a decision I made mainly because they were not good at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's easy to go to a big school where everything's already set up, right? And all right. thing you have to do is drop a few cones, and everyone thinks you're the coach of the year. It's a it's another thing to go to a school where you have to build it, and you know you have to get recruits to come in, and you have to get girls to run faster than they've ever run. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to show the world how good of a coach I was, um, not because we have a big budget and because we don't. We don't have a mm-hmm. big budget. We don't have all these fancy things. But when you can coach when there's things that you don't have to really work, so you become an amazing coach. So that was my reason for going to Missouri State. I wanted to become a, an amazing coach, and I wanted to show the world that I could coach and I had to do it somewhere that um, was lacking a lot of resources. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's why I went there. Also going to Missouri State, I was able to, you know, get my master's and, 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 you know, I knew that I couldn't do that in California with all my family Mm -hmm. and friends um, being around me. It would be much harder for me to stay as focused as I needed to be. 
Um, so going to Missouri, I was going to be able to accomplish a lot of, get my master's, coach my butt off, and then also change the lives of people. Um, you know, when I recruit athletes, I re- recruit baby Carmelitas, and people are probably thinking, mm. well, what does that mean? Um, well, I wasn't this phenom athlete in high school. Um, I was just an athlete that was talented and just was able to run. So I go after girls that are talented, maybe haven't been able to show the world how great they are. And then I sharpen them up. I'm, I love getting diamonds in the rough. So, um, you know, that's why I'm at Missouri State, to make a difference, to change the culture. Absolutely. And, um, you, you know, Carmelita, obviously uh, – you know, so much in your journey, you've been able to, to learn and you've gained so much wisdom and knowledge uh, in, in your profession and is your, in your coaching years as well. If there was one thing, though, that is at the top of your mind that you learned the most, what would you say that was? And I know that's kind of a tough question, but if it was uh, one that sticks out most of, of, of the most important thing you learned throughout your journey, what would you say? Oh, the most important thing that I've learned throughout my journey. Ooh, I would probably have to say keep in my circle small. Mm-hmm. You know, um, keeping good people around me. Um, you know, I wasn't great because I I did amazing workouts and ran fast. I was great because my circle was great. Um, and so I would have to say that, you know, when you're trying to do something amazing, sometimes you keep your smir- circle small with loyal people and that and people that believe in you. Everybody has to believe you can do it. You can accomplish it. If you have doubters in your circle, you're never going to get the job done. Absolutely. And um, what, what was one thing uh, throughout your journey that it, it was like a, a, a big problem or a big roadblock that you felt you just couldn't get past it and you were able to face adversity and persevere? What would you say was like the biggest roadblock for you that you were able to get past? Um, I would say the biggest roadblock was losing my aunt to breast cancer in 2012. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, as an athlete on the outside looking in, people kind of think you're not human, you know, they think that you should smile and wave and kiss babies and you should do it because that's what you get paid to do. (laughs) But, you know, we also lose people. We also lose loved ones. And that was very, very hard for me um, when I lost my aunt and I didn't know how I was going to cope, how I was going to make it. Um, It was a life changing situation for my family. Um, and so it, it took a lot for me to, you know, pick myself up and finish that 2012 year because I was completely hurting inside. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was definitely a roadblock that I had to, to get over. And I was able to get three medals in a world record, but it wasn't easy. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's... Uh... It, you, you always got to find the beauty in, in situations. There's always something to take from it. And, uh, you know, just if you just put your best for, foot forward every day and, uh, you know, uh, you, you will prevail. Uh, absolutely. And um, what, what would you say? Uh, obviously, you, you have such a, an amazing impact on, on the young ladies that you're coaching over at Missouri State. What was your proudest moment as a coach so far, whether it be a, a, a personal moment with, with a young lady where you felt, wow, I had such a positive impact on her or. Uh, you know, what was your, your proudest moment as a coach? Um, I would say my proudest moment really is when they, when you see their look on their face, when they get it, when they mm-hmm. get how amazing they are, when they get how smart they are, when they get that, wow, I'm actually as good as she's always said I am. That's what I love to see. I love to see that expression. And as a coach, you know what that expression is. It's like that aha moment. Um, so I love when I get to see the aha moment on, on my girls' faces. 
Absolutely. And um, what what is your uh, what is your best advice to to anybody out there who is coaching, whether it be at the high school level, with youth, the collegiate level? What is your uh, top aspect of of advice for them that they they really need to to do uh, as a coach? Like, what is your your uh, your top things that they could really be working on, and that if they want to not only be a coach but but excel to be a great one? What is what are some important things they need to remember? Um, the number the number would say people need to remember when coaching is remember all the stuff that you didn't like that people did to you, you know, Mm -hmm. remember when the coach would scream at you and curse you out in front of people. You didn't like that. (laughs) You know, remember when a coach used to belittle you or make you feel some type of like that. Um, Remember the things that you didn't like and make sure that you're not doing them, you know, make sure you're not just, you know, doing the cycle all over again. Don't turn your athletes into the angry athlete that you were at one point in your life. Um, I'm a believer that um, when athletes know that you truly care about them, they'll run through a wall for you. Um, So, you know, love is always needed in any coaching situation because sometimes you are probably the only person that they have. You know, you always got to look at it like everyone doesn't come from the two parent home or, you know, everyone doesn't come from amazing background situations. So when you're coaching, you have to remember you're possibly their mother figure or their father figure and not saying that you should try to be their parent. But um, make sure that when you're doing your job with them, it's not only to make them an amazing athlete, but it's to help them become an amazing person. Absolutely. And um, lastly, we'll touch on here, um, Carmelita, what uh, what in in, uh, you know, in in your journey and in life, like what can we expect to see, uh, you know, from you as a coach and from Missouri State in the near future? What are some things in the workings? And, uh, you know, obviously after this epidemic uh, that we're going through and these troubles uh, right now, but what can we expect to see from Coach Jet in, in the next few years? Oh, wow. You know what? You expect to see more girls coming to Missouri State. You will expect to see us doing some amazing things at track meets. Um, you will ex- expect to see me hopefully coaching some of my girls at the Olympic Games. So, um, you know, those are things that are on my goals list. And, you know, I'm a goal setter, so it's definitely going to happen. Absolutely. And and talk talk about, lastly, uh, the importance of having goals, uh, looking at them and, and working towards them every day. I'm, I'm a believer that you have to write things down on a real piece of paper in real life and watch it grow. Absolutely. And uh, I just uh, again, I appreciate your time. Uh, it's an absolute honor to to have uh, an Olympic uh, legend and just uh, somebody who's making such a difference, uh, not just at the Missouri State level, but all across the real. You're impacting people and, and uh, serving as inspiration and motivation for um, all the young kings and queens that, as they need it. OK. All right. Thank you so much, Coach. Thank Jeff. you. Bye bye. All right. You're, you're welcome. Bye bye.